Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Brian, with my co-host, Ben. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about intentional fatherhood. Before we get into what that means and all the details about it, we need to give thanks. The last two days have been fast. They have just flown by because I have had a big project to take care of. I had a water leak. It was a drip, drip, drip. I guess for multiple years, didn't know what was happening, didn't even know what was going on. Uh, I guess that drip turned into more drips, which I have a drop ceiling with some uh, tiles, uh, the ceiling tiles, and one was completely soaked. And that's what started my investigation to find that, yeah, I've had a, a leak for a long time. And so because of that, that, I don't know, fear, stress, anxiety, dread, all those emotions came over me because I knew that I was gonna have to do some work <laughs> and spend some money and spend a yeah. lot yeah yeah more money than i wanted to and, and i could have i could have went probably really really cheap and and at least fixed it yeah but i want to fix it right i want i wanted to not have to worry about it for another maybe 10 to 15 years so um yeah i went and got all new and uh my dad came over my father came over and um we rebuilt the floor all the way up to putting in a new sink and there's a lot of things thanks that I want to give, you know, within that first is that my, my father showed up and, and wanted to help. I didn't say I'd pay. I didn't even actually invite him. And uh, stayed with you and worked until three in the morning. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. He sure did. Um, but he wanted to come. I almost kind of shrugged him off cause I, I was said, like, kick rocks. I'm going to bed, Benny. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like I, I was, I was actually at the store and he called and I was like, Hey, I didn't even tell him I, I had the problem. I said, Hey, I'm getting all this stuff and I, I got to go home. And he goes, all right, I'm coming over. I didn't ask. I didn't have mm-hmm. to ask, you know. And, and part of me was like, "Nah, I can do it myself." But that's he, ser- that's serving hard, absolutely. Yeah. But he wanted to come help, so I'm thankful for him. But then I'm also thankful for for the problem. Like, there's a lot of growing. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's a whoa, lot whoa, of learning. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to stop you. Yeah, you're thankful for the problem. Yeah, it was something that I, as soon as it happened, that's a good perspective. I man. had to flip my perspective because here lately I've been very frustrated the word's been frustrated i've been really frustrated and with everything yeah just little stuff comes up whether it be the and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna slander anybody though would would like to right now but like when you go to stores when you go to restaurants when you're driving just people you know that just (laughs) i don't mean to laugh everyone listening knows exactly what you're talking about it's just <laughs> it's like there's just absolutely no care we're about to or, go into the holidays i was about to get worse oh my gosh i forgot black friday's <laughs> yeah. coming up soon isn't it yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's just you know just a lot of those things are frustrating me that just no one seemed to care and i don't know what it was i was i think honestly the reason is is i knew this when this happened that it was going to impact my son and daughter and wife because we use the kitchen um and i knew it was going to be down for a while until i could get it done and and I wanted to show them that even though this really stinks and it wasn't going to be fun, that you can find joy in it. And when I went at it from that perspective, um, I'm not going to I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Like, God gave me clarity in a lot of it. I mean, I was mm-hmm. rolling on day two. I was only rolling with three, three and a half hours of sleep. Almost like he rewarded your faith. 
Yeah, in a yeah. way, yeah. And it was just like, um, I don't know. It, it, I'm just thankful. For, yeah, I'm thankful for all those things. So I is am, it all done? Well, I'm really thankful that we have three different uh, stores that you can go. There's more than three. I went to Menards, I went to Lowe's, and I went to Home Depot. And what's crazy is not one store has everything you need. It doesn't. Oh, wow. But out of all three of them, I was able to find everything that I needed for from the floor up. And what I mean by that is at the lowest price. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one store has it all, but right. uh, but you're going to find that they're a lot more expensive. So I, I took some time, found out what I needed, found the cheapest at all three places, and st- strategically tried to go get mm-hmm. the best deal. Um, but thankful that we have, have the stores to be able to go fix that and, um, to make my home, um, even more updated from the nineties yeah. that it, uh, I'm, I'm glad that you got it fixed up. <laughs> I feel like your house has had some, some water issues. I, th- I can remember a, a late night, a yeah. one, two in the morning, vacuuming out your, my, your whole basement was flooded. Yes. So you've got that fixed up too. Now you're, now I'm starting to get the anxiety back. Your brain. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you got it fixed up. Yeah, and, thankful. And, and glad we're able to sit down and record today. And, yes. and it may seem kind of cliche because we're doing a, a, a podcast a, about being an intentional father, but diving into what the, what Scripture says about fatherhood um, and, and just reading about statistics of fatherhood and what it means to be intentional, it just makes me thankful to be a father. That mm-hmm. God has trusted me enough to be father of His children because they're really on loan. <laughs> He's really loaned them to me, um, and just I I give thanks every day that I am. But man, it is so awesome. It's hard being a father. is tough. It is difficult. There is immense responsibility that comes with it. But I am so so grateful to have my children and that He has entrusted them to me, and that I get to I get to embrace the hard. I get to embrace the heart and, and take on that responsibility. And on any any given day, I hate I mean I hate to think this way or say that, but it is perspective. Any given day, they could be taken from me, mm-hmm. or I could be taken from them, and, and our relationship could be over for here on this earth. So I just try to <clears throat> excuse me. I just try to soak up every day with them um, that I can, and hopefully we have many, many, many more. Yeah, a couple of thoughts came to mind, and and this is outside of of our original outline here, but what you're talking about, you know, the, the war that's happening right now in Israel versus Hamas and um, Palestine, you have the whole just that terrorist mindset that's taking place over there. Like it does put in perspective the love for your kids and and uh, how they can be gone in a in an instant, right? To even mm-hmm. just, just a normal, normal daily living. But it's a blessing that we get to even talk about being fathers. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So so why are we doing a podcast about fatherhood? And and the first thing that I want to point out, and, and this may be a little a little dark to start with, but there is a war, a war of the world to diminish families and to diminish the importance of fathers. But yet what I have found looking through all of these resources, whether secular or whether Christian is that most people realize and acknowledge the importance of fathers, mm-hmm. even though, even though the world is just slamming down what a family should look like, and, and in my opinion, a family should look like a mother, a father, and the children, and, and, and God the Father over them. That is what a family should look like to me. Um, and 
if you are someone listening to this that, that that offends, I'm sorry. I base that belief off of the Word of God, and you can see everywhere the damage that breaking families is doing. So, yes, fatherhood is important. Pretty much everyone realizes that, and you can see that when fathers are absent from children's lives, the damage that it does to children, um, and I think that is the work of the evil one, not of God. Yeah, and you can find, I mean, anybody that wants to wants to have truth, like Google this information, like Google the impact of fathers, and not only are you going to find many Christian organizations that share truth in that and, and data to support it, there are thousands of secular resources that confirm what the Bible's saying, and, and they're not even trying to or intend to, like um, fathers especially when we're intentional is one of is one of the most important things I think uh, within the home. Yeah. And the Bible really stresses the importance, I mean, over and over again, you probably find 30, 40, 50 different verses referring to fathers and, and families and the importance of that. And some of them are referring on a, a children's attitude back towards their father, but I just want to share a couple ways that uh, a couple verses in the Bible what I think uh, really portray the the importance of fatherhood and, and where I think God is trying to point out <laughs> the role of the father. And the first is from 1 Thessalonians. Uh, this is chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, and it reads, For you know that we dealt with, dealt with each of you as fathers deal with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom of glory. So right there, I take from that, that that fathers should be encouraging to their children, but they should also be comforting to their children, but they should also spur them on to live a good life. And I don't mean a life of prosperity, but a life that honors God. Yeah, let me put some um, numbers out there for you. So the Bible talks about families 175 times, okay? But when we're talking about fathers, the Bible references the word father 985 times. Whew! That is a lot. That's a, right? that's a big number, yep. Now, I also want to break down, because you were using the one-line scripture there. Was it, say the, uh, what was the scripture again? That was First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, and then the other I was going to share was Ephesians 6, 4. So Ephesians 6, 4. Uh, have you read that one yet? I haven't yet, yeah. I'll go ahead and read it. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And the, the reason I really like that one is because it points out that discipline should be an aspect of fatherhood. And we'll talk more later, but it doesn't use the word punishment. No, you know, also you're looking at like the duties of the father. When like we're talking about the Bible, the entirety of the Bible, when you look up and, and try to figure out what are the duties of the father towards their children, mm-hmm. here are the words that come about. You have love, command, instruct, guide and warn, which is... I believe that first Thessalonians yeah, two eleven yeah. there to train, rebuke, restrain. Yeah, and there's your discipline. Yeah, chasten, nourish, supply needs. It does say punish, which that's Deuteronomy. If you want to check that out, and the last one is do not provoke. Right now, that one whew, I have seen that out on vacations before, like, <laughs> I've seen some some families doing some of that. And, yeah. and I just, you know, I think that's 
when people ask, like, what does it mean to be an intentional father? Without the Bible, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't. We wouldn't no. know. It would be just a guess. We'd be all trying to, I don't even know if we'd ever figure it out. Right. And it's 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 God-breathed instruction is what the Bible is. And God is the father. Yeah. He is the epitome. Correct. He is the example to follow. And he is the father to everyone. So that is another reason to continue to talk about fatherhood is to, to point people to God the Father. And Ben, just in general, you and I, are we, we are passionate about being fathers. I would like to say good fathers, but is there such thing? Probably not. But we are passionate about being fathers, and and we want to inspire other people to, to feel and, and do the same. I'll just say we are perfectly imperfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, the title that we picked was Intentional fatherhood. This is kind of a buzzword, intentional, that I hear people say, hey, be intentional with your wife. Be intentional with your kids. What are you working on this month? Oh, I'm trying to be more, I'm trying to be a more intentional father. But it's kind of like that word respect. We use it. What does it really mean to be intentional? Yeah. I mean, by definition, if you look it up, it's deliberate. Yeah. A synonym, a synonym would or be syn- yeah. deliberate. Yeah. yeah. Deliberate. Yeah. And when we're talking about intentional, whew, there is there's, we could probably just sit here and talk about just this and, and really dig down deep. But for, I think you and I, what we we talk about a lot and use a lot is to have an awareness. Mm-hmm. That is really my survival motto. Like, yeah. What to, am I actually doing with my kids? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. How am I raising my kids? So are you a provider for your children, Brian? Yes. Okay. So I think we could look as an intentional father, we can look at. We are to be providers as fathers. But what does it mean then to be a provider? Right. Well, really, you, you'd have to break that down into into two sides, I guess, the, the material side and the emotional side. Yeah. Right. Let's start with the material side. As a father, I need to be providing for my children with the needs. And I think that's where we can say then material needs are food, water, shelter, Toys. <laughs> I mean, my kids want toys all yeah. the time. Um, my son wants change. We talked about last podcast about going to the claw machine, um, but he loves to even go to. Grandparents have started this. This wasn't a father thing. This is a grandfather thing, taking them to Dollar General and letting them pick out one item. Mm-hmm. That's like so much fun to them, right? Yeah, so it will be fun as a kid. I, I believe that's that's providing like yeah. it is um and, and if you go back a, a few generations and, and talk to our grandparents or our great grandparents and, and and you ask them about the way their family was set up it was so often that the, the men was called the man was the, well yeah my dad was the provider. the provider my dad always provide and and what they mean by that was that they had food and they had clothes to wear yeah that those are the basic needs they have to have like you know, what type of clothes now we're getting in today's culture you know a lot of times in that culture you had the mother stand home and they may be sewing on the patches or mm-hmm. sewing up the holes right to 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 not have to spend as much or to buy as much so that the father wouldn't have to provide more right. money right but and maybe today they're not really providing if the kids aren't wearing yeezys yeah yeah, or getting Xbox or or switches i just said, i don't even know what yeezys are aren't they I shoes just, I don't know. Yeah. I heard somebody talking about it at church the other day. I actually don't even know what Yeezys I'm are. I'm pretty sure they're shoes. Okay. I think they are. Well, the Kanye West shoes, 
I think so. I, genuinely, I don't know. And the reason I heard that was I'd because Nike does Nike make them. He said something, and now he's like in the doghouse in the celebrity community, and I don't think Yeezys are selling for. <laughs> oh, his Yeezys aren't cool. So I'm, I don't think so. I okay, don't know. my bad. But that's the whole point that we were talking about. I know we're joking around that, but that is what most people identify as the material needs that we have to have. Yeah. The new iPhone. Yeah, and I feel that's that's more secular. It's yeah. this worldview of we, you know, we're gonna find, we're gonna get happiness from our dads buying us. There are a stuff. lot of miserable men out there who have bought into this. I have to provide riches for my children. And so they go, and and they do. They are sacrificing. They're providing through that, but they make their lives miserable so that their kids can have whatever the the best new brand of clothes is, the best shoes, the best new iPhones. They go out and they provide this way. But I actually think that the material needs are far less than this emotional side that I want you to touch on. Yeah, you know the the relational side is. Let's do this. Before I get into the relational side, let me finish with, with material here because it just it came to me that these men are sacrificing. If, if they're, they're trying to fill this, this need that their families want, this craving, this, this secular society of I need all these things, these gifts, these toys, this, all this stuff. I need new sports equipment. I need a brand new bat every year. Like they are making sacrifices for their family to to do yeah. that. So And I think there's some nobility to There I, is. There is. It's it's is not a like word, a, a negative there, thing. Yeah. It's just that I think where the negativity comes in where the where the problem lies is when that's all they're doing and they're not being relational. Right. Which is I think the other side of being that provider. You know when when we've talked to I talked to my grandma, you know, um we've talked about her dad and and really one of the first words that comes to her mind when she thinks about her dad is love. Like mm-hmm. he loved them. And that's where that relational side really comes from. It's it's that love and that care for your children being there physically. You know, I mean saying over the phone I love you, that may suff- that that may work for a little bit of time, but I don't think at that point you're being intentional in relationship. Right. You so know what I what I hear you trying to tell the listeners is it is important for an intentional father to be a provider and and maybe financially is a way to be a provider. But even if you are, if you make a million dollars a year, that's awesome. But are you providing emotionally and relationally with your children? Are you there to play? Are you there to give them love? Are you there to say, hey, man, <laughs> did you have a bad day at school today? What's going on? Right. Just noticing something's off with them. Are you around enough to notice when they're up and when they're down? Uh, that is probably, I, I'm going to say, in my opinion, the more important side to provide than either, even the uh, the financial material side. Yeah, because when you look over the last... Kids I, don't remember that stuff. No, they don't. But And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be off on my years, but all the way back from, you have Fled, Fled, Fred Flintstone cartoon, then fast forward all the way today to Family Guy, and you have all the cartoons from Simpsons to... Mm. Uh, uh, Jetsons and yeah. and all of those. I think I see where you're going with this. You know, it used to be wait till dad gets home mentality. It used to be this dad was a provider. He leaves and everyone else stays back. And then fast forwarding today, it is... Dad's the buffoon. Dad's the buffoon. He still yeah. goes to work. Don't even know how he's holding and keeping a job. Right. 
Thank thank goodness he can keep a job, right? If he can, the Homer Simpson at the nuclear yeah. plant who doesn't know what he's doing. No, right? I mean he's he's jacking around, and, right? But yet Sleeping. he's still bringing home or bringing home, I guess, money and beer for right. his family. I mean that's like that's all they portray. Now, I just think it's 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 more than just providing those material things like Homer Simpson does, mm-hmm. and I think that's where that true re- relationship, the relational side of this, is just so important. Um, you know, there. I read a study. It was a secular study, but it literally is just to the point. Fathers that are only sending money and not being present with their kids. Really, you could just see. Well, let me say it this way: those that were just sending in money and kind of maybe saying hi through the phone didn't have the strong, healthy impact mm-hmm. like a father that was present with their kids. Let me ask you this. How many times have you heard someone say, when I was growing up, I didn't have much. I didn't know it then, but I know it now. Kids, it, it isn't important to them. They don't even realize it until they're adults that they did. They grew up without much. I think I've maybe even said that before. Like You don't realize what you don't have when you're a kid because the things that you truly need are that belonging, that guidance from your father, yeah, from from correct. your parents and yeah. your family, but most importantly, your father. And I don't want to diminish the importance of mothers, the the true, like I mentioned before, the the true perfect. Uh, I don't know if it's. It, I Balance. guess it's it's, um, it's it's right completeness. It's mother, father, children, God, yeah, all I together mean, in one in one relationship. Marriage builds families. Mm-hmm. Families build societies. Right, and so. When you attack marriage, it breaks down the family, which mm-hmm. breaks down our society. You can't have a family without what you're talking about. And right. I think that's why it's, it is important to talk about mothers. It is important to talk about siblings. Right. It's we're, also- We're just men and we're fathers and we feel more yeah. credentialed to talk on, on this side of it than the mothers. But I just don't want anyone to think that we're diminishing the role of a mother. Absolutely. Right. And and with that being said, we are going to dig a little more into that fathers and fatherhood. So- Share with me, share with all of the listeners some ways that you are intentional with your children. So when you look at the word like intentional, I kind of have to to think of it like, what's my objective? Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe maybe if I was a father where football was really important to me, you know, my objective may be work all week so that on the weekend I can relax and watch football. Like, I don't know. That's not my objective, but that could be someone's objective. And so for me, my objective is on the attentional side is setting expectations. We talked about last podcast, but that's truly what it is. And in setting my expectations, this is what I'm looking for. I'm setting rules. I could be setting boundaries. I may even be giving the plan, but from my perspective and, and, and perception, my true objective is can I trust my kids to make the best choices for themselves when me or my wife are not around? So that is my, that's my go-to. Mm-hmm. Like, it sounds like you're trying to build integrity in your children. That's one of the many character right. qualities that, that I, I hope that my, my son will, will grow into uh, and learn. But I guess saying it this way is, is I want my son to to be trusting of others. Hopefully your but, daughter too. 
Well, yes, yes. Yeah. My daughter and son, yes, both of them. Um, but right now, my son is at the age that we are are aware. Yeah, have, yeah. Have we are aware of that. My yeah. daughter, we're still riding on full emotions. She's mm-hmm. four, getting ready to be five, um, or as they say, fifteen. Yeah. But she's she rides her emotions, so we're, we're not at the age yet to to work through some of that. But with him, my son being eight, I. I think my one word, the objective for my son is I want him to be trustworthy. And so how do I help him to be there? And and how, and how do I help him to learn that? And that's going to, for me to be an intentional father, I am going to have to be trustworthy. So, so do you, okay. So you're, you, you are intentional in making sure that you are trustworthy, setting the example. Yes. And also instilling in him, whether it be through scripture, through uh, experiential learning is, is my favorite thing. It's I use whatever is happening around me in the moment. I try to use that as a teaching opportunity for my kids. Mm-hmm. And whether it be, you know, the the black mold and the the ripping out the floor and the sink damage and all that stuff, to while we're driving every morning to school, that's when we pray together. Mm-hmm. Like, if if as a father, I could probably wake my son up an hour earlier to sit and pray and read. But I don't feel that that's beneficial for him in this moment. It's it's not something that I think would, would come out positive at the end. It would be more of like, Dad, why do we have to do that? So instead, it's of a morning we we pray on the way to school. And matter of fact, we've done that so many times now that, that of a morning, if I'm sidetracked, my son says, all right, Dad, let's pray, right? He's so Easy reminder. Right. But why I'm sh- like why I do all of that is because – well, uh, let me say it this way. The older I get, the more and more and more disheartened and frustrated I become that I am realizing majority of people in the entire planet lie. Mm. Like yeah, we all we've all lied. Not only have we all lied, right. People are lying right now. Mm-hmm. And in a moment's notice People will lie, and, and that breaks trust so fast. I just hope that I can instill in my kids to to truly be trustworthy. Like, say what you mean, mean what you say, and whatever you say, go do. Like, do it, and right. do it the best of your ability. I think I have to be careful because, for me, distractions is the number one killer for being intentional distractions. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we we shared earlier that intentional would mean to be aware, to be that maybe that provider to maybe be consistent in that um distractions are the number one killer for being intentional for me. And, and usually it's distractions that have to do with self. And what I mean by that is it, it's usually something that takes you into uh your own personal enjoyment whether it be a video that you're watching on your phone about the coolest new bass fishing lure or yeah it could um, be here let me go deeper what i'm what i'm getting at though is my thoughts are i'm trying to get here to let me say it this way even when crap hits the fan when times are awful as an intentional father i should still be showing true character that godly character that he calls us to have i should still be showing that to my children in those moments. Yeah. It is very easy 
Well, it is easier to be intentional in all of that when things are going great. Amen. Yeah. I mean, it is like how I often, we, I often show my anger side and have to kind of call myself back down. Like, no, this isn't. And you could kind of ask yourself, is this the way I would want my child to react? What I allow my child to react this way. Yeah, what I allow my child to react this way. Do I want them to grow up to be an adult that reacts this way in the situation? (laughs) And if you're honest with yourself, a lot of times your answer is going to be no. And that's a real quick way to reel yourself back in as as a dad. Yeah, because I, you know, with that being trustworthy, there is more to it. That's just kind of the the quick way that I can share it here. But I truly hope that, that I'm able to teach my kids how to like persevere through this world, how to, to not give up, mm-hmm. how to, how to be adaptable and how to, to, to share their faith. I do fear for them that if Jesus tarries there, they may have to go through a lot of persecution for their faith. And we see that biblically. I mean, that that's happened all through history. Um, I think you and I, Brian, are blessed to live in a day that, is less persecution than than back when, um, right? Even Currently, Jesus, yeah, yeah. Could yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I would. Sh- that's what I share. That well, I I do want to share some examples of of ways that I try to be intentional with my children. But I want to preface this with, uh, I, and I'll speak for myself. If you want to chime in for yourself, go ahead. But I, I probably you have the same sentiment as me. I do not think I am a great father, but I want to be. <laughs> I'm teasing. I know but, you but want I to be. Want, I you. want to be, and I don't necessarily think that anybody is a great father or perfect father, definitely not, but I think just just taking it serious enough, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are taking it serious enough to look at a podcast and that's titled Intentional Fatherhood. Yeah. You you have the desire to, to, to be better. You have the desire to want to be the father that God called you to be for your kids. And that's really where we where Ben and I are. That's where I'm at is I want to honor God by fathering my children the way he's called me to. And I, I definitely mess up. And, and we'll talk about messing up here in just a moment. But here's some ways that I uh, have found to be easy. I shouldn't say easy. There are small things, small ways that you can be intentional in your child's life. It doesn't have to be these grand planned out gestures. And one of them for me is reading. I read with my kids every single day. It's Mm -hmm. usually at night before bed, Mm -hmm. but I don't let a day pass that I don't get to read with my kids. And it's just a time to be calm together. Um, you know, we're snuggling, we're all, we're all sitting together, we're read, we entertain, we laugh, we can be silly, we can be serious, they can ask questions. It is just a time to really kind of get away from the distra- distractions right. and uh, kind of an intimate time to be together. And I in, am intentional that we do that every single day. I will admit, it used to be twice a day, but with the busyness, busyness of life and as kids get older, it has reduced to one a day, but I make sure that it is every single day. Uh, secondly is praying. And and I don't mean, oh, just a quick prayer here and there. I pray at least three times a day with my kids every single day. And I try to be so, so intentional in that because that is probably the most important thing that you can be intentional in with your children is prayer. They need to hear you speak to your father. Mm-hmm. And That's good, it, right? I can't 
stress the importance of that enough. Pray for them. Pray with them. If they want to pray, pray. Do not force them to pray. Don't force them to pray. Some kids are awesome at like three, four years old of getting their feelings out and talking to God. Some, it takes years before they feel comfortable to truly get a feeling out to the Father. Don't force them into it. Let it be a relationship. It's it's There is a relationship between them and God, and, and let that be their relationship. You are the facilitator of that relationship. You you aren't really the, you're not the authority of it. You're the facilitator over it. Um Another way that I'm intentional is play. I'm going to play with my kids every day. I'm going to make time, even in a busy day, even if it's just 15 minutes because it has been so busy. Play is a child's love language. They teach the, the five love languages of marriage. You need to find, you need to find out your, your spouse's <laughs> love language. It'll mm-hmm. help you love them better. Well, I'm here to tell you a kid's love language is play. So just find out how your kid likes to play, and you're going to be speaking love into their life just by spending time with them. Right. If they want you to come up with the idea, then come up with the idea. Otherwise, do whatever they're wanting to do, as long as it's safe, obviously. Um, And then the last one that is a little more grand is planning adventures. Whether it's a hike to the the back of your property, whether it's digging a hole in your yard, whether it's a whole camping weekend. It may be putting up your tent in your backyard. It may be, just camping in your backyard. But plan adventures, plan things that are going to leave lasting memories in their mind that when they're 30, 40 years old, they're going to be spurring people on by being fathers like you're being fathers and planning this time with them. Those are just little ways to be intentional. It doesn't have to be huge and grand, but make sure that you're consistent in those. Don't say, you know what, I'm going to pray with my kids and then once in a while pray with them. Pray with them daily, 10 times a day if you can find the time and consistency to do that. But be consistent. You need to be consistent to be intentional Otherwise, it's just really how it suits you because you're going to have to sacrifice inconsistency, not just suiting yourself when it fits in. Yeah, and, and those are all great, great things. You do those well. Um, I was throwing some a, a couple butts in there and why I was wanting to stop there. You know, Quit throwing butts at me. I know, you need it. Um, looking at when you say, you know, going out on adventures or, or taking them out, um, the memories that are made during those experiences are usually from what or how the father and mother behaved. So you'll think about if you ask somebody, hey, do you remember going on vacations with your mom and dad when you were younger? People may say, yeah, the car rides were awful and dad got mad and, and... I remember. I remember they always. They yeah. Yeah. They, we always cook this nasty. This nasty food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's always. It's. It's sometimes like, we, we only remember the negative things in yeah. it, right? Yeah. And and if that's the case, if 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 all you remember are the negative things that happen to you, then think about like as a father, try to be less negative. Like if your kids are only going to remember, remember the negative, then be intentional to be positive, even when you're angry. Sad, mad, frustrated, tired. What I try to get myself to say, because again, I've, I've told you before, when things go wrong, I can get angry pretty quick. Right. What I try to say when I'm with my kids and something does go wrong, because things are going to, yeah, and I are. start to catch myself, and my kids are usually really good to remind me of like, well, we're still here. like, And I, and I always try to say, you know what? At least I'm with you. At least I'm with you. You know what? Like, make them feel important. Make them the highlight of what you're doing. Let them know like... 
All of this could go not like planned. All of this could be terrible. We're together. You know, I recently went on a vacation to Florida to the beach, and the weather was not good. It was cold. It was rainy. And my son kept saying to me, Dad, I'm sorry it's not sunny. Dad, I'm sorry it's not sunny. He was picking this up from the group. I, I took him aside and I said, Bud, I am having so much fun. I'm spending the entire week. I'm not working. I am just with you. I'm so happy to be with you and your brother and your mom. I'm so happy to be with my family. And I wanted him to really know that that's how I felt. Yes. It doesn't matter that it wasn't sunny. Yes, it does stink, but we're together and we're spending lots of time together. And that is a blessing. That is the other half, the the half that we've been talking about of intentional fathers of the relational side. I mean, that... That is what you're doing. And so earlier when you said, you know, you're not a great father or you don't feel that way, I don't believe there are good fathers or great fathers or, you know, perfect fathers. What we're talking about today is what we're, well, what I'm meaning is we, we're intentional fathers. And right. I think that's that's the healthiest that you can be. Like right. we will never, any father out there, there will never be a perfect father except for our heavenly father. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. So if we can never reach perfection, then all we can do is strive to try to be better. And one way we can be better is to be intentional because you're never going to be good. You're never going to be great. There's going to be lots of times you drop yeah. the ball, you know, but as a provider. Yeah, yeah. As a provider, your kid may want a new bike and you may not be able to yeah. afford to get them one. And there's a difference there. Don't just say, yeah, I want to be a good dad, but it, there has to be action to go with that. Anybody can say, most dads are going to say, there's dads in prison that say, yeah, I want to be a good dad. Well, they may live their whole lives in prison. Is there action to what you're talking about? Are you actually out there? Are you being dad? Are you just saying you want to be dad? Correct. Are your kids out in the yard playing while you're watching football all Sunday? While you're saying, yeah, I want to be a good dad, but after the game? No, get up, look, check the score afterwards, and go outside and play with your kids. Right. There has to be action to go with your desire. Desire it and then put some action to it. Uh, there's lots of areas, Ben, well, yeah, that we can look to be intentional. Yeah, I want to add to that. I want to add because as a father, I may push back on you, Brian, and say, well, there's time that I need for myself. Right? I need I need my, my time. I've heard that before from other dads. You can, you can have both when you're living intentionally because I think – you put your your kids to bed at what time? Yeah, you like eight thirty, eight eight thirty, yeah, eight eight thirty. Which mm-hmm. some people listen to like, what? How how did you do that? Yeah, you were intentional about sticking to uh, the schedule, plan, yeah. the schedule you had, right? My kids, nine to ten, that's their bedtime, and so that reduces the amount of time I have before I go to bed for my time or me and me and my wife to spend together, and so some of this is on the adults of. You are in charge of your house. Mm-hmm. You need to set the schedules that work for you to allow yourself to have those times. But being selfless is probably the root of what I'm I'm getting at here. Or you could get up earlier. You may get up earlier. Get up before your kids if you need an hour of your exactly. time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There, there's time that you can find to do both, but there will be sacrifices. There and, should be. And you may have to be selfless. Yeah, you can't just be selfish in this and for it to all work out. Like, there are times that I want to go do other things, but I understand that I have to be intentional and I want to be with my kids 
because the more that I'm with my kids, the more they can learn from me, both good and bad. Mm -hmm. My father, I learned a lot of things that I didn't want to be or do from my dad. Yeah, things not to repeat. Not to repeat. And I think I think that's healthy for kids to see as long as the father's yeah. striving to And, and to, to be, be honest, better. our kids will learn things from us that they don't want to do when they become fathers. Yeah. They will learn stuff too. Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to do that that way my dad did. And, right. And great. Hopefully every father, every generation is better and better. That would be that would be ideal. There there's just so many areas. We could give example after example, but let's just cover some areas that people may, that, that dads can get on their radar to start thinking about how they can be intentional in this area. And I already hit on the praying, and I think the the first area that fathers should be intentional with their children is sharing Christ with them. Your number one job when you become a father, your number one job, if no other, nothing, if you never did anything else on this earth, is to share Christ with your children. You should be the person they hear the gospel from. You should be the person to lead them to the cross. You can't save them, but you can tell them who can, and that should come from well, mom and dad should set examples of that, but dad should be speaking that truth into the minds and hearts of their kids every single day. Because we have kids listening to this podcast um, and the sensitivity of what I'm about to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this high level, but I also am very passionate that Fathers should be um, educating their children on um, sexual matters before they ever learn it from any anyone else. Yeah, you whether be the be, one they hear it from. Yeah, whether it be on TV or on the school bus or their best friend. Right. Because I want them to know the absolute truth and what the truth is before they get skewed and distracted by secular society. Yeah, amen yeah. to that. Yeah. And another way, man— this one, it's it's hard to see the effects of immediately, but I, I think as our kids grow older, I, th- I think if you have older kids, uh, as your kids become more and more aware of relationships and emotions, I think this one is so important, and that is to love those kids' mama well. Yes. They love her. Yes. So what do you think they want you to do? They want you to love her well too. And let's be honest, sometimes you're hard to love and sometimes she's hard to love. Yeah. But love her well. That's what love is. Love isn't love is not an emotion. Love love is an action and we should be loving the mother of our children well. Um and ideally that that's through marriage and if if that's something that that doesn't exist, maybe that's something you you should consider but love the mother of your children well because they love her. You know, it's it's kind of comical, but it, it does set an example of this. Uh, my youngest, he's uh, he's two and a half, I guess. I don't know why we get why I give halves at those younger ages, but he's he's two. We'll say he's two. Uh, whenever I go, I'm just glad you didn't give it to me in months because I can never figure out if, if it's <laughs> they're trying to for do, three do years yet or not. It's crazy. Yeah. But when I go to my wife. And I give her a hug. I have this, I have this thing—the 15-second hug. Like I, I always try to—I don't even tell her that I'm doing it. I just—I give her a hug, and I gave her a short hug the other day. She's like, "Well, that's the shortest hug you ever gave." Because I do these long 15-second hugs. Like it's, you know, you got to calm down and hug me here for a second. When I do this, sometimes he'll get emotional. 
almost like I'm 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 taking his mom away from him. Like Ooh, he yeah. he loves her so much. Like no, that's my mom. And he sometimes will even say, "Well, that's my mommy," you know. Yeah. But I think as he gets older, he's gonna appreciate and understand that his dad is taking a moment to make sure um, that his mom is loved well. Yeah. And that leads right into our kids. I I am very intentional. And del- uh, literally deliberate. Like when I get home, my goal. Now sometimes I've been distracted. Like the one thing that keeps from that in my distraction is I'm on the phone. So I talk to a lot of people. Like when I get off work, I try to catch up on my calls. Remember back in the day when you get like a report of your, uh, like back in the all tell days, you get like a report of your minutes call on your list. phone. Yeah, yeah. Everyone you called. <laughs> I would love to see your report now. You oh, talk man. on that daggum phone. Oh, man. <laughs> But when I get home, I used to carry the, the the that phone call up into the house and keep talking and talking. And I am trying to be more deliberate. And when I get to the garage, finish my conversation. I need to take care of what I'm, who I'm talking to, give them the respect, and finish that, that talk. But as soon as I'm done, when I go into the house, my goal, objective, is to hug and kiss both of my children, even their mother, as soon as I get home. Mm-hmm. And... When I'm with them on my days off, when I'm with them throughout the day, I make I am intentional about seeking them out both at the same time and individually. I want to ensure that I am hugging them and whether I'm kissing them on top of the head, rubbing their back, that I am giving them that physical love that they mm-hmm. they need. Whether they my son's getting that age where it's like it's a quick side hug and I said, yeah. No, 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 no. But no. But I bet there I bet there are times when he just feels like he needs it, and he and he. It's probably yeah. fewer and far between as they get older. But I bet there's times when he just needs that, and he comes and wraps. Yeah, there's arms times where he you. comes over, like well, I'll be sitting on the couch, and he'll come over, and he'll just lay on my lap for a yeah. minute. Yeah, for sure. Um, but where that then is starting to, what I'm seeing and identifying is that the hugs and the holding and the carrying that, hey, dad, carry me, is gone. And that can now. be hard. That can be hard for men, especially for uh, honestly for men like you and I who. We didn't have that. That wasn't a part right. of our lives from right. our fathers, and and that can be hard. It came really straight from my mom. Like yeah. I got that just from my mom. And the world paints the picture of men are supposed to have this this hard shell, and that isn't like that. You know what? I'm gonna say heck with that. It is more manly to hug and love oh, on so. somebody than it is to be all tough and rough and tumble and be against all that. It is it, to be a man, you should be able to to love. Yeah, and and I and I'm actually seeing my son now move from that carry me dad you know that to we're ready to wrestle yeah you know and i think that is another form of of that physical touch love like i'm a boy dad i have two boys and that that is another area that i'm intentional at some point every single day we're gonna be rough yeah we're gonna be rough you should i let them tackle me they'll say dad you want to fight and it's not really fighting but it's playing and resting on the floor, but my youngest loves football. Well, they both love football, which we're not really a football family, so I don't know where that came from, but they love to tackle me. They just want me to sit there and let them come tackle me as hard as they can and, and me act like it like it hurts. And that is something that I try to every single day. Sometimes it may be five minutes. Sometimes we do it for two hours straight, but we wrestle and we play. Yeah, I'm going to bring some truth in here that it's, it isn't just for boys. Yeah. My daughter, she's four, and I'm get. She's getting to the age now where I'm wrestling her sometimes more than I am my son. Mm. She loves to come tackle dad. She loves. Let me say it this way: it, it's a different tackle, right? We're yeah. not playing football. It's more of I'm a playground, and 
as I'm down that she wants to crawl, she wants to stand up on my shoulders. She even at times comes over and just like a cannonball, like I'm a swimming pool, like right. cannonball into my back. Like she wants, matter of fact, the other day she started karate chopping me. There, there's right? kind of a strange thing with kids, boys or girls. Yeah. There's like this, and an, they like and have an enamorment over their dad's strength and power. Like, Ooh, yeah. Well, dad, can you throw the ball all the way to there? And it may be like 50 feet, and you're like, well, yeah, I could throw it four <laughs> times that, you know? But when you do that, or dad, can you toss me all the way up there? And then you toss on the top of that. Dad, can you lift me up one handed? Like, they're, you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. And you just made me think of that. There's yeah. like, an, an, kids are enamored by the actual physical power of, of their dads. And you don't have to be a, a bodybuilder to, to be that way. Just kids like that their dads can lift them up, toss them around, carry them on their sho- carry, carry them on their shoulders. Uh, I don't know why that is, but I don't know. Seem, seems yeah. seems to be some consistency with that there. Um, a- another area we talked about playtime. Always play with your kids. Give up. I said the word sacrifice. Give up something that you are wanting to do to go do it with them. But I want to add in. Do not tell them that you gave something up to be spending time with them. Right. Do not say, dude, are we going to play or not? I, I, I gave up. I could be in there watching the ball game, but I'm out here doing this. Are we going to do this? Don't act that way. Make sure they feel as if they are the most important thing in the world. Like there is no other place that you would rather be except digging worms out of the yard with them. But that's but see that's the mindset that's that is the mindset we we should be in as fathers, and I don't know why we get distracted from that. You, yeah, you really shouldn't. What you just shared is you, you know love even though you're tea feeling and playing Barbies. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I am so thankful that my wife plays Barbies with my daughter. Um, I learned really quickly that if I talk like a girl, have a, if I talk like a girl's voice, my daughter doesn't like it, so she hasn't really asked me to play Barbies in a while. But <laughs> Dad stinks at that game. But if, if you're having to tell yourself, don't share that with my kid. Like, don't tell my kid I'd rather be playing golf than be right. with them. You should rather want to be with them, but maybe... Well, your priorities are messed up. Right. They are, yeah. they are messed up, and that's where you're going to have to start. That's where I'd have to start. Of And, and I've been there, and what I mean by that is I had... I got to make money, 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 money. Money's been on the brain. And because I was in that mindset, that has been a, a priority at times in my kid. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't healthy. It wasn't a healthy road to go down. And so if you're getting in that, really find a way to change that priority and, and make your wife and kids um, what is priority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, your kids have no idea how much money you make. They don't care how much money you make. What they care is if you are there with them, uh, being intentional and doing life with them. Uh, talked about planning adventure, plan some, plan some cool things. You know, we're, Ben, you and I are right now, we're talking today. We're planning this weekend to, Next weekend, to yeah. take our kids to, to go do a, a overnight, we, we call it car camping, you know, yeah. we're be within, but I side of the vehicle, I side of the vehicle, but just, they get to go out and sleep in a tent and they get to be with us yes. and we get to be with them. Um, and that's what's important. And we'll, and we'll have some adventures and, and be able to share some stories and, and memories together, plan some adventures uh, this is the Meant to Be Outdoor podcast, so we're going to tell you, plan it outdoors. We want you to go plan outdoor adventures together. Yeah, the weekend after that, I'm I'm taking my son um, the, during youth season, yeah, uh, first rifle. Hunting. Yeah, so looking forward to that. And I know when your <clears throat> when your kiddos turns of age as well, then then you'll be out there too um, on those adventures. Right, and, and 
an, another area, the last two areas that I want to talk about in being intentional in are, you know, they're probably the least two areas, least two fun areas to talk about. And the first is being intentional and discipline. We are... Oh, spank them. Do what? Spank them. Spank if that's your, if that's the way you discipline your children, then then yes. But again, uh, there's a right and a wrong way to do that, and some families that works for, and some families it doesn't work for. However, you should be intentional in disciplining your children, and what I mean by that is you should take it upon your shoulders to know that your children are going to do things wrong, and that it is your job to steer them back to a godly idea of God, to what what are God's laws? What are God's laws? What are the expectations of your household? And stick to them. Again, consistency is important. Also, be diligent in leaving emotion out of discipline. So many parents, I find myself doing it, having to take a breath, maybe even coming back later and, and discussing the discipline, <laughs> the discipline act that we're about to take, that is about to take place, leaving emotion out of it, making sure that your child has understanding of why they are even receiving discipline and do not view it as, I don't like using the word punishment. I don't like viewing it as you are being punished. I like to use the word discipline and explaining to my child, this is a duty as a dad, God's instructions in the Bible. I've shared those with my kids Mm -hmm. and I don't want to do this, but I have to do this because of my instructions. And you have to be kind of careful and fragile there because you don't want to turn your kids away from God. Like, oh, God is telling my dad to be awful to me. I want them to understand why they're being disciplined and why I ha- why I have to, why that is my role. But we should be intentional in our discipline with our children. And I agree. That's that's why I shared in my how I'm intentional is I set the expectations and when you set expectations and you hold your your children to them in the very beginning at the, at a young age or when you first adopt them or uh, if it's a teenager and you just get them, you're going to have some rough times holding them to the expectations set. But I'm telling you, it's just like washing your hand. Well, that's probably a bad example. Not everybody washes their hands when they're done with the bathroom, but it, it becomes routine. It right. becomes something that is really easy. And what I mean by becoming easy is you don't have to spank anymore. You mm-hmm. don't have to time out anymore. You don't have to go to your room. Like they're they know what the expectations are. And it's yeah. really easy for them to follow. And then your and kids they, start to hold each other accountable. And then they will. And you accountable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I just think that's so important in being an intentional father is I first have to set the expectations of my home. Mm-hmm. And even when my kids become teenagers and they try to make their own kingdom inside my kingdom they're still going to have to follow my expectations until right. they become fathers, before, right. until they become independent and ready to, to take on the world um, and becoming their own providers. So, you know, you've we've talked. I've, well, I've got I've got one more area that I left off your notes before I sent them to you. Okay. And because I kind of wanted to get your reaction to oh. this area of being yeah. intentional. Hit me. Um, and this is one maybe some people don't ever even think about, or maybe some people don't want to think about. Maybe some people think about too much, and it should not be out of fear. I think it should be out of responsibility. But this last area that you can be intentional is about your death as a father. Because there is a possibility that you could leave your children at any age, 
um, and go stand before the Father. Yes. And when we do that, I think that we should have left some provisions emotionally and materially for our children. So one way that you can do that uh, materially is to have life insurance. Life insurance is actually really, really cheap. It's easy to obtain, and you can ensure that your kids still have the food and the clothes to go to school and to be fed and to not put an incredible amount of stress on the whole family and the mother going through an awful time of losing a leader of the home just by paying. I mean, I I think you can get like half a million dollars insurance depending on your age and health for like $25, $30 a month. Yeah, I want to add in here what you're – there may be people that still can't get it or don't get it. Yeah. And so what you can do, though, is um, hopefully as a father, you have truly instilled Christ in them and that you have routinely been taking them to a church and you have been connected to a church that has become your your home church. That's something that you Mm -hmm. are a part of. And you are a part the of the church. Can step up and help. And yeah. and that is where a lot of times, I mean, the, the scripture is very clear that we as Christians are to to be there for the orphans and, yeah. and church, the widows. Churches have benevolence funds for a reason. And so, you know, as you get connected with with those people, um, they will be able to help you as well. Yeah. That's, so don't that, don't stress out about what you can't do. But as fathers, we should be planning and preparing. Right. All that we can, and that's a great tip, Brian. On the, and on the emotional side of, of preparing for your death, and and hopefully it's a long time, and your kids are grown and and well established. But if not, and even if they are on the emotional side, I think something we can do is to leave them something that they can always turn back to. They're always going to have the memories and the lessons and all those times that you were intentional with them in their mind. But let's face it, our, our minds are are limited and we do forget. So write a letter, write a handwritten letter of what your kids mean to you. Write a letter of something you never want them to forget. And my, and my letter that I have to my children, I stress to them both, again, reiterating the gospel and following Jesus Christ. And if they never do anything else in their life, if they forget anything I've ever said to them, remember to follow Jesus Christ and to give your life to him. Uh, a really cool idea. I haven't started doing this, but I saw someone share it the other day. And I thought, man, that is an awesome idea. And it is, we have these smartphones now. And as we're going through our life, we're constantly taking pictures and videos. I was showing pictures and videos of, of my son from the weekend to you. Yes. And you were videoing your son playing basketball yes. this week. And we have all these things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that much to them now. But in 10, 15, 20, 30 years, it will mean a lot to them. This idea was that you make them an email address and you start sending these pictures and videos, maybe just a note that goes with it, journal entries. And then when they turn 18 and leave the house, give them access to that email address of all the stuff you've been sending to them of the pictures and videos. And they can go back through all these years and look at what their dad all the things that were important to him and all the memories that they shared together and have this instant feedback uh, using this modern technology in, in media that we have right at our fingertips to the advantage of being an intentional father. You know, I, I have not written letters to my children um, yet. Um, but what I have been kind of working on and, and 
is I'll have mine next to the Cheerios that I'm leaving them as an inheritance. Oh, nice. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I guess mine'll be like mine'll be the uh, uh, what's the Walmart brand of Cheerios? The honey oat, honey oat, or whatever <laughs> O's they are. That's bag, b- yeah, it'll be the bag yeah. bag, bag cereal that I'll be leave. A lot of those. Um, a couple things. One is is I started a journal um, to give them, and I found out that I didn't stay consistent in that. I I would forget to to write it there. But where I have been and what I hope to leave my children is um, my Bible. And so I take a lot of notes in my Bible and and have a lot of life things in there. And I hope that um, I hope that's something that they they do take with them um, and keep. Um, mm-hmm. But all that everything that you talked about, though, even leaving all that, it, it just goes back to trustworthiness for me. Um that's all I've been sitting here thinking about as you were really talking through that. Like, what do I leave my kids? Besides the Bible, I mean, all that's still that material side. And if I could leave them that, that, I mean, it's just being trustworthy. And here's why. Like, maybe, maybe you're a father listening right now and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Or you have at one point and listening to this, you're like, you know what? I've been distracted. I've been doing other things. I haven't made it a priority. Or maybe you're all in. You're 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 truly connected, and and you are getting into your word and you're studying, um, and you're praying and and staying connected with that relationship with our Father. But you look at somebody that's secular that that truly pushes God out, doesn't want God in in their life. Then what does it mean to be trustworthy anymore? Because trustworthy comes from the Father. That's where trust comes from. That's that's how we know what trust is and looks like. And without God, why in the world would I want to be trustworthy? To live in a secular society, living in a world where lies are all around us, why not lie to get what I want? Mm -hmm. That is like what is just taking place, and it's getting worse and worse. Matter of fact, our people aren't even trustworthy to show up to work anymore. No, they're not. Like, I want to instill trustworthiness into my children because it is who Christ is. He, he is trust. And, and that's why for, for the father that right now doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, if you're out lying, being deceitful, that is what the world is like teaching us and saying it's okay yeah. to do. And, it's what you're teaching your kids. Too. And it's what your kids yeah. are seeing. And they're going to live that same. That's why. That's why. To me, there's proof that there's a higher power because, <laughs> because if if he wasn't around, then we we would all be we would all be doing that. Right. That's that's what that's that idea of what we find in the wilderness when we're seeing wild animals go about their daily lives. It's a killer be killed. Yeah. And as humans, we have a responsibility to to be different. You know, yeah, absolutely. So let's let's look at some ways before we wrap up here that we can be more intentional as fathers. And I think the first step to be intentional is to set some goals and objectives. Maybe it's simple. I'm going to get in to I love yous to my kids every day for the next week. All right, I got to stop you. Let that roll into habit. I got to stop you before we go through these because you had said earlier about. Um, whether you're planning a venture, I'm not even sure where it was at, but you were saying like, um, don't just do it to do it. Right. 
and kids see right through that. And that's yeah. why I, I want to bring this up here before, because I want you to share that again, what you just shared. But you're doing this with intent. You you are doing this, and it is genuine. Like, you're wanting to do this. Well, if you don't love your kids, and you don't want to tell your kids you love them, then maybe we need to go all the way back to the step where you're talking about, about getting right with the Father, giving your life to Jesus Christ so that you have love. I mean, you're right. God is love. Maybe we need to go back to that of of you seeking your heavenly Father so that you can display that love because you should, in walking with him, you should want to love your kids. Yes. And, and so if you're wanting to love your kids, I think if you're setting goals, then you're wanting to love. I think if you've gotten to that step of, you know what, I've, I listened to a podcast, and one of the action steps that we're all taking together with the hosts and the listeners is that we're setting goals. I think if yeah. you've gotten to that point that you you do have love in your heart and you do want to love your kids, so set 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 a goal, and and that's just an example of hopefully you're all telling your children that you love them. But if you aren't, set a goal that you're going to start every day that the first words they hear out of someone's mouth is from their daddy saying, yes. "I love you." You know, if that's hard for you to say, then go up to them. And whisper it in their ear. Mm-hmm. It isn't something that has to even be said out loud. You don't ever have to yell across the room or even say it out loud in front of other family members. Like, go up to them, pick them up if they're young enough, give them a big hug, and whisper in their ear, "Yeah, I love you." <clears throat> That's it. I'm gonna be a little, little candid, and I'll try not to get emotional for a moment. Okay. My goal <clears throat> is to tell my kids I love them so much that they don't even remember if I tell them I love you. Like, it's just all they know. It's what they know. Mm-hmm. My father, the first time I ever in my life remember my father, he's still in my life. He's still alive, and he he may hear and listen to this. The first time I ever remember him telling me that he loved me, I was 25 years old. And it was so powerful because I needed it. I wanted it before, and I didn't get it till I was 25 years old and that is and that is an inspiration and a reason for me you spoke about not repeating not repeating generations past yeah. we, we we can change mm-hmm. um, I want my kids to hear it from me and, and I mean it when I say it <clears throat> and and you can say it with conviction and, and make sure people know um, that you mean what you're saying but I don't want my kids to be adults and think, did my dad love me? Well, yeah, he did this, so I guess he did love me. I don't want my kids to have to think through that. I want them to know my dad told me he loved me all the time. My dad, I know my dad loves me. Yes, there's an added step to this. You can say it all day. We talked about action earlier. But if you don't act on yep. it, then all it is is words. Mm-hmm. And, and you can whisper in their ear or whatever, but um, the intentional father, after they say I love you, shows them. Mm-hmm. And they, they show them whether it, you gave examples, whether they go play, go outside and play. You know, this is a shallow one. And I was joking earlier about Barbies with my daughter. But if I don't want to play Barbies with my daughter, then then I'm going to say, hey, sis, I don't want to play Barbies. I really don't. Whether it be because it hurts my knees to be on the floor, whether it because I'm terrible at Barbies, don't care. Then find something else. Ask, I, I would really not, I'd, I would beg you. To not make me play Barbies, Rinley. That's her name, Rinley. But can we play something else? Yeah, I, I would They're say. They're going to. I would say for you for that, like maybe suggest the other thing. Like you not, can. They've already had what they wanted. So 
hey, can we go do this? You can. And a lot of times they want to because they they like to do what daddy wants to do. Exactly. They want to be doing yeah. that, what and, daddy's doing. And that's and that's what I mean. <laughs> Invite your children to come do life with you at yeah. times too. You don't always have to be in their world yeah. playing. And I and that's where I want to share this this point because you're really good at playing with your kids, Brian. Like you intentional. But you do it around things that you like, mm-hmm. you know? You yeah. like basketball, you like golf, you like football. So your boys and you are out doing it. You like go fishing. Mm-hmm. You're doing those things. But what I'm saying is invite them into your world as well. Yeah. You should, your speech, you know. If, if you could be being productive, getting actual things done, changing correct. the oil on your change truck. Change the oil. Whatever, yes. Invite, invite them, them in. Yes. And it may take a little bit longer. It does at certain kids and ages. Yes. But so what? That's not what's important is how fast you get it done. It's that you're all, y'all are doing it together. And even if your kids say, no, thanks, then okay. Yeah, don't make them. Yeah, don't make them. Invite them until they get to the age where they need to pull their yeah, own weight. Yeah, if it's a chore, that's now, different. Now we're that's doing different. chores. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. That's totally but different. why I'm sharing that is, is I I know that there are fathers that may struggle with true play. Yeah. Now, in my recreation degree, we had to go through what is the difference between play, leisure, and recreation. We're not defining those today. But in play, there are people that have a hard time Sounds like a going good podcast topic. in playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot to talk there. But in playing, th- there is difficulty in people to play. Yeah. So find areas of things that you enjoy and invite your kids to come do them with mm-hmm. you. Um, they will learn from you as, as you're doing that together. And I think I also need to share in here, you know, there are adults, especially fathers, that hold their kids to maybe a different standard than even themselves. They'll say, we don't use those words or we don't eat that food or whatever. But the moment their kids aren't around, they're cussing, they're lying, they're cheating, they're stealing, they're, they're eating whatever they want. And that is, a, that is a tough way to live because the moment that they see you do what you're telling them not to do, now you've broken trust with mm-hmm. them. And that's <laughs> what I mean by being trustworthy and trusting. And so in that relationship, I just think it's so important that if we're telling our kids not to do it, then we we shouldn't be either. Right. And so be careful in that and, and being an intentional father. Absolutely. And maybe that's a goal that you need to set. But you, I think clearly setting some goals and objectives to be consistent to. You need to know what you're going to try to be consistent in before you can have consistency. So set those goals and objectives. The next step to that, I would say, and I'll admit I don't do this. I just keep all these things in my mind. I, I just keep. Yeah. I'm going to hug and hug my kids and tell them I love them every morning. I'm going to read books. I'm going to play. Those are all just things in my mind of, I go through a checklist in my mind. Have we yeah. done this today? Oh, shoot. We got to get in 15 minutes of wrestle time. I just go through that mental checklist. If you are somebody that needs to write it down, my goodness, we have phones that have literal <laughs> notepads that you could put a check mark in. If you need to check it off every single day, Make a running list and change the date every morning and check it off as you go through. Make a list of those goals and objectives that you need to accomplish with your children and your wife. You, sh- you should include your wife in there as well. And and that's, I guess, probably a whole other topic. But I a mistake I make is sometimes being too intentional with my kids and neglecting my wife. But it is important to remember to be that's, intentional with your wife. That's a marriage podcast. That's we're a marriage gonna, podcast. We're, we're we, not going there. We're not experts there. We're not going down that road. Uh, but... I want you to touch on, because you talk about ownership so much, So this, this last area of ways that we can be more intentional. Um, and it really has to do with realizing that uh, we're not going to do it right all the time. You know, isn't that hard to swallow? Like our pride and ego get in the way a lot, thinking that our way is always the best. And, mm-hmm. and you know, at the end of the day, 
we are imperfect. And I think when our kids can see that we are, um, it doesn't break trust. You know, I, I've heard many stories of, of people just talking about their childhood and how their dad was their hero. And until they found out that their dad messed up. Yeah. And I was like, that that shouldn't have been the first time that mm-hmm. they that they knew that when they were 15. Like, I, you know, I think it's important that we, when we as men make mistakes, that we own it so that we can fix it so that we can move on. Yeah. And that keeps you out of the drama triangle. It keeps you from... Um, having the insecurities or that that back of your mind from hiding it of are they ever going to find out like all that gross stuff that takes away from real relationship of being genuine and in the moment with with those people I mean anything that you have in your life that is a distraction that is keeping you from being present with those you're around especially when it's your children like lose the distractions so if if you've lied about something until you correct that or go fix it that's all you're going to be thinking about yeah. instead of what your kids are actually doing right. around you or your wife or whomever. That's what I'm trying to say here is in owning it. Own and, it. And definitely, and I have, an Fix ex- it. I have an example of this, if your kids call you out for it, definitely, definitely own it because then it means they see it. Mm-hmm. They see it. And if you aren't going to own it, I'll, I mean, talk about a profound message that they're learning that you don't want them to learn. And An example of that was just this morning for me. Hayes, my oldest, late getting to school. Um, there's a certain time they have to get there by to get breakfast. And mm-hmm. he doesn't ever want to miss breakfast. Well, we were about to miss breakfast. So I said, I was frustrated with him. He knew I was frustrated with him because I, I was already going through like, hey, I want you to be trust. I was literally having this conversation that we're having here. I want you to be trustworthy. A way that you can show me that you'll be trusted is that when I ask you to put your shoes on, when I ask you to do anything, that when I turn around, you're doing what I asked. And because he hadn't, I'd asked him to put his shoes on. And when I turned around like five minutes after that, he was sitting there twirling his shoe on his finger. <laughs> I was like, why are you putting your shoes on? You know, like we're late. You know, we're late. Right. I told you we need to get ready fast. We need to go. So when he asked about breakfast, I was like, look, man, or you're probably going to miss your breakfast. I was like, you didn't get ready fast enough. And he said, <laughs> he called me out. He said, well, Dad, you didn't tell me it was time to get ready until late. And you know what? He was right. Right. It was like, I was like 20 minutes too late and telling him, hey, it's time to get your socks and brush your teeth and get out the door. I messed up, but I was frustrated at him because he wasn't helping me by going fast and fixing my mess up. Mm-hmm. And so I did. I stopped and I said, you know what? You're right. I should have told you earlier. I'm sorry. I'll ask your teacher when we get there if there's any way we can still get breakfast. And he said, Dad, I'm sorry I didn't get ready faster when you did tell me. I mean, immediately he saw my example of owning it. Then he owned it himself. He's five. We're not talking about a 15-year-old. He's five. He immediately saw my example, turned it around, and did the right thing. And guess what? When we got to school, do y'all still have breakfast out? Oh, of course, he can have his sausage and toast. So it turned out to be a great thing. Yes. We learned about trust. We learned about owning, and we got to have our breakfast. Right. But he called me out, and had I been like, no, you need to get ready, like, probably would not have been the be- greatest impact for him. It wouldn't. It would not yeah, have made it, me look it, very good. And, and that's, I guess that's the opposite is that 
it becomes unhealthy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's areas that, that we are all living in that's going to be unhealthy until we have an awareness of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's that awareness piece that's hard to have um, in anything. Um, my example is I was, it was my day um, to pick my son up from school when he got out. And I don't even remember what we did, but I was beat. Like, I was beat. I don't know if I was sick. I can't remember what it was, but I had an opportunity to take a 10-minute nap. So I needed to leave at like 10 till 3 to go to go ahead that way. And it was like 3.30, and I thought, I'll take 10. It gives me five to slip shoes on and go. Uh, those I'll, little power naps feel good. <laughs> they, I do love a good power nap. <laughs> I woke up to my wife calling me saying, hey, the school called, which when you wake up, oh, I haven't heard this yet. <laughs> when you wake up to the phone call and you're trying to figure out like, where am I? What's happening yeah. here? What time is what it? What am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. I knew I was supposed to be doing something, but it isn't coming to me yet. Then, then hello. Hey, the school called. Are you okay? Realizing, oh my gosh, what time is it? Well, it was after four. Is he the only kid left school? school? That's out at three thirty. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, they have they have uh, school care afterwards. I was just right on the line to where he was almost going to have to be uh, taken over to that that aftercare. Yeah. Um, I made it. I called. Um, my son was really disappointed. He does not <laughs> did, like to be he, late. What did he say? He to does you? not like to be the last one. He what? wants no, to he be does early. Not. He wants to to have time to just. He does not like getting there right at that time. Yeah. He likes to be picked up first. He hates to be last. Um, I, th- I can't remember how he said it first, but he looked at me and he said, "What happened, Dad?" <laughs> like <laughs> you screwed up, yeah, you know. Well. <laughs> and I kept it low key because I wasn't about to just go into owning it in front of all these teachers and everyone that was there. I was just like, get in the truck, you know? So I got him and I said, bub, I overslept. I apologize. I know that, I know that you don't, you shouldn't have had to stay this late. It was definitely my fault. And I know you don't like being late, but I messed up, bub. And you know, in that there's nothing more I can do or say. Like Mm -hmm. the only thing I can do is just showing that I'll be there on time again. And, but I did tell him, I was like, but accidents do happen. And he's a sweet kid. I bet he probably showed you grace. Absolutely. He did. Yeah. However, now of a morning, we we sometimes ask, are we going to be late? You know? So <laughs> it's still there. He just to remind you that you messed up. Because he likes to be early. Um, anyway, all that to just say that, you know, live life with your kids. And, and when I make mistakes, I, yeah. I, I really... But you asked for his forgiveness. Absolutely. And there's also going to be times where you make a mistake like that or I make a mistake like I did with my kid or even bigger mistakes that we don't do the right thing. We don't own it in that situation. And I still think there's opportunity because we serve a graceful God to come to our God, the Father, and ask him for forgiveness and pray for his guidance to go fix that with our child. But we, again, we yeah. should be doing that out of love and, and our desire to be intentional and, and realize no earthly father is perfect. None of us. And when you mess up, apologize to your God for falling on your duties to to the child that he entrusted you to and apologize to your child for not holding up to the expectations that you've put in your family. Absolutely, Brad. I want to share a Bible verse as we wrap up here. And this is Psalm 68, verse 5. 
And the reason I want to share this is because there may be someone listening who doesn't have a father, an earthly father, or maybe their father has failed them. Um, You probably know someone or you yourself uh, can think of an example of an earthly father who has failed and failed miserably. There, it's honestly, I'd call it an epidemic in, in our world of fathers failing miserably. But I want to read this psalm as a reassurance to the fatherless. And it reads, this is 68.5. Remember God promises to be a father to the fatherless. A father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows, is a God in his holy habitation. So literally, God in his holiness, in his house, the way he lives, he defends widows and is a father to the fatherless. That's who he is. And that is a promise. So remember that even though someone on earth sins, your father's sins may have failed you, there is a father that is never, ever going to fail you. He's never going to forsake you. He can redeem any brokenness, not only in you, but inside your family, in the father that failed you. He can redeem that brokenness. Mm Mm-hmm. He can redeem brokenness in entire cultures and entire lineages of people. God the Father completely can rewrite any story despite any statistic of fatherlessness that you want to go find on the internet. He can rewrite the story if the statistic is that kid has a .001 chance to not be incarcerated or, or be in a gang. It doesn't matter. God the Father can rewrite write that story, and you can absolutely trust him, but you have to make that decision to put your trust in him. I hope, I want to encourage all the fathers out there, all of them, if you've messed up, then start now. Mm-hmm. There, it's, it's not too late. That's what's so awesome. If you are still breathing and on this earth, you still have time to be intentional with your kids, intentional with your wife, to be an intentional father, an intentional husband. Right. You do. I mean, it first will be the hard part of owning it. And as you said there, that the father to the fatherless, there's even men that have married into relationships that that the kids are already there. Right. And that's tough for them. They've got to learn how how am I going to be. But just like our father is for us, you should be for them, and and um, and start now. It's it's not too late. It doesn't matter what age the kids are. Um, start now. Yeah. And there's a couple things that I would love uh, for our listeners to reach out to us about. And the first would be if you have any questions about if you are a follower of Christ and you want to talk about it with us. If you want to share some words of encouragement with us, if you need some words of encouragement from us, reach out to us about that faith. That is the most important thing in Ben and I's lives is our, our relationship with Jesus. And we love to talk about it. We talk about it every single day that we're together. We always talk about it at some point. Sometimes uh, we spend more time doing that than we do getting our work done. We do. Uh, but maybe that's Currently, okay. I don't yeah. know. Um, also, if you're looking for ways to get outdoors or you've planned a trip and you need some advice about gear or where to go, please reach out to us about that. If you have uh, some tips or advice for us to be fathers or maybe something we left out of this podcast, we are always looking for ways to be more intentional in our family's lives. So please, if you have some guidance for us, we'd love to hear it. If you need some guidance, if you want us to come alongside and walk with you, 
pray with you, whatever it may be about being a father or maybe a relationship with your father, we'd love to be part of that. Let us know. We uh, we we are both men who believe in prayer and we love to pray and we love to add people to our prayer list until God answers those prayers and and He we believe that He always does at some point. So please reach out to us. A great way to do that is m to be outdoors at gmail.com. That's our email address. You can DM us on Facebook or Instagram. Follow along all those accounts as well. We like to post videos of our adventures or some of our programs, podcast topics that come up. Great way for you to interact with us as well. Whatever platform that you listen to the podcast on, we would so, 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 so appreciate. This is an easy one. Just take a few extra minutes. Uh, Actually, probably not even a minute. It happens real quick. But as soon as you're done with this podcast and you're switching over to the next one, leave us a review. It's real easy usually to scroll to the bottom of the page. Leave us a review and give us a, a, a star rating of what you think about what we're doing. If you have any topic ideas, let us know. We love to hear from the listeners of, of podcast topic ideas they want us to cover. That is going to be it for this episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Between now and that time, we hope that you remember you are meant to be outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.